0: Welcome to the Support Automation Show, a podcast by capacity. Join us for conversations with leaders in customer or employee support who are using technology to answer questions, automate processes, and build innovative solutions to any business challenge. I'm your host, Justin Schmidt. Ed Frame, good morning and welcome to the Support Automation Show. Good morning, Justin. Where does this podcast find you? Uh, So I'm calling in
1: from Melbourne, Australia this morning. So nice and cold, nice and dark so far. And you'll see the sunrise starting to come up behind me as we go on.
0: (laughs) Well, I love it. As the thought leadership that we're about to get into continues to blossom and grow, the light of the sun is going to start to light up behind you. And it'll be a perfect visual to the conversation we're about to have. That's it. So, Ed, you are the founder and proprietor of Exemplify. Which is a consulting and services business about increasing customer longevity, the unfor- unforgettable customer experiences. To start us off, why don't you give us a little background on yourself and like what led to the founding of Exemplify and just your sort of journey in support and success up to this point?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, I've been a marketing strategist for the last nine years, and that's been working for different agencies um also doing a little bit of freelance here and there so really having a great understanding of the top of funnel middle, middle of funnel part of the customer journey um and then during my last uh last few years I've been heavily working with HubSpot as well uh within those two agencies and then it was really about one year before I started um Exemplify was just really noticing a lot of the impact that working for an agency has where you know, just for even some of our clients or even even the agency itself, it was a case of you know you get so much. All of our reporting was you know so, so many of these great leads, you know so many success stories on you know three hundred percent increase on leads or you know three hundred percent increase on customers, and and that's all really great. But sometimes some of the feedback later on down the line after working with somebody for a while was like actually a lot of those customers were not great or they were churning or. They just, you know, they they really weren't getting the longevity, and so that was really the the, the first tip of okay, how can we actually make sure that these um, these customers actually have a better, uh, basically, stay with this company for longer. And I, I I originally started exemplify really looking into the the source of okay, are we actually attracting the right customer? Is our business is actually you know, the people that are getting marketing agencies to to get the leads and, and customers for them, are they targeting the right people? But actually from really going down that rabbit hole, started to really find that actually a lot of it can be done of, you know, really the, the biggest impact is actually the customer experience. So it's really that as soon as somebody makes a purchase, what does that customer journey look like from them? Because we're we're very good at mapping out the customer journey from, you know, where, How are we going to get traffic? And they're going to come to our lead magnet. And then we're going to collect their email address and and start to nurture. And then they're going to become a customer. But we don't really think about much and after that point. And so really, it's a case of what can we do in the post-sale experience that actually really makes um, the world of difference to customers, even customers who might have not been ideal, but actually addressing their their needs, addressing their concerns, giving them a fantastic
0: experience and and increasing the lifetime value of those of those customers. Yeah, there is absolutely a growing understanding of customer support, customer service, customer success, CX, if if, if you will, as a revenue driver, and not just a cost center. It's maybe a little more obvious in SaaS type businesses where the customer success function can increase product adoption and help with renewals or upsells or all that other kind of thing. But obviously in retail or other instances too, happy customers or repeat customers, average lifetime order value all goes up over time as good service is delivered. And one of the factors that this understanding of revenue and understanding how important these functions are to businesses that is also increasing is the amount of automation and technology to enable these agents to deliver the best possible experiences. So with that, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody at the start of this show. And that is when you hear the phrase support automation, what does that mean to you?
1: Support automation, when I first hear it, it's immediately my mind just goes to tickets. You know, it's, it's that, um, you know, uh, I've, as I said, I've been in a background of HubSpot for the last seven years and, and, you know, their service hub would be very much tickets. So that's always been the kind of the first immediate thing that comes in is, is those automatic ticket pipelines, which, oh, okay, they have, their, they have their place, but that is the tip of the iceberg to, to what support automation can be. And, and really now support automation is, Really, the case of what the customer journey is post seal How can you support your customer for whatever their needs and be more proactive rather than reactive? Um, so, you know, I think there's there's a lot of untapped growth with uh, support automation um, for many businesses out there.
0: Yeah, and let's use this as a jumping-off point for something that you mentioned, and we are going back and forth about scheduling this interview, and that is email automation versus personal email delivery and what's the best experience yeah. for customers. In your answer to what support automation is, you talked about proactive versus reactive and you used the word experience a few times. In a lot of instances, automation enables conversations at scale. Email is often the channel and delivery mechanism for conversations at scale. Yeah. So. I think the fact that you brought this up specifically tells me that you've got a lot of thoughts on this pro- on this on this topic and I would love to dive into it with you because this is something we don't touch on quite as much on this show as we do managing tickets doing QBRs all the sort of support and success stuff but email is a vital piece of it and I am giving a long circuitous way of kind of just setting you up to kind of to kind of take it from here but but how do you look at automation and personal versus personal email and, and, and how to balance those to provide the best experience.
1: Yeah, great. Well, the, you actually said it right at the end of your sentence there. Whatever is going to give the customer the best experience. And that's really the first thing that we think of, of you know, where it comes to, okay, what does the customer need from us right now? What do, you know, for example, uh, let's say you've, you've purchased something online and you... Essentially, what you need is a confirmation of your purchase, and that's got to come via email. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no point waiting till 9 o'clock the next morning, Justin, for you to write an email to somebody being, hey, well done, You're, you've made a purchase, and uh, Amazon's going to ship that out to you. Fantastic. You know, That's just not going to be a good experience, but having that automated confirmation that comes from, from the back end is, is a really better experience for the customer. But what we definitely find is that with, Many businesses out there who once they get into automation, there's that tendency to just automate everything, and really yes. um, go hell for leather and and making sure that everything is automated, and so that they can sit sit back and sit on the beach and and everything works but works well. But actually, that's not necessarily a great experience. Sometimes it's very obvious that you're not dealing with a human, um, and it's very obvious that. um, you're you're being sent emails that are look like they come from a human but really aren't and aren't actually solving the right needs or addressing the right issues. Um so that's so that's something that I uh, really along the customer journey with uh, with my clients and, and partners we were very intentional about looking at okay where is it best to have a fully automated email that happens in the back end that you don't know about when somebody does has a particular action, like when they Perhaps submit a ticket, or perhaps when yeah something where it's submitting something that's out of hours, and it's I'm going to get back to you in 24 hours. Great example of automation, but having sort of having things where um, if somebody really does have a have a need or a desire or a certain point in the customer journey, where actually what they need to hear from you is personal information about their specific thing, it's got to be very much done via. A really personalized email, for example. So, um, so this is what the way we really get around this is using um, email templates, where it's you kind of have really a pre-populated email, and you you read it and you make sure that it's all kind of good to go. But then you you put your personalization in it, and you make sure that you you add in and take out what's relevant. So, um, so that's something that I I feel that customers are really longing for is more of that personalization approach. Um, Throughout their customer journey,
0: so um, yeah, you know it's interesting. You said something there that sparked a bit of my curiosity, and that is right at the end on along the customer journey. It's very easy to get the very first parts of automation, and the very I'm sorry, the very first parts of the journey. Automated, right? Like you have a very standard onboarding flow. For example, yes. like whether like the customers who signs up for this, let's use the I'll do this under the auspice of a SaaS company. Yeah, your first customer, your second customer, your third customer—they're all going to have more or less the same sort of onboarding experience. And over time, you get to really like hone that thing down to exactly exactly what you need to do. But later on in the journey, when potentially there's new functionality or something goes wrong these these tools and the and the amount of effort and intricacy that goes into delivering a good automation journey is a little more it's it's like the sun just burns hotter during that period than it does on onboarding even though arguably onboarding is you know potentially probably the most important thing that that you can do how do you have clients look at the journey in its totality and like, where should they be? Is it sort of look, do all of it kind of all at once? Is it focus on onboarding and then move on to sort of mid life cycle and then end life cycle? How, how's the best way to approach this?
1: Well, actually with, with my clients specifically, we actually, I, I work them through a seven phase framework and we, we really look at mapping the customer journey or at least coming up with ideas for the customer journey right from the very first stage, which like you said, onboarding and really the, the the definition I put is like, what is the first thing that happens as soon as somebody either signs a contract or money leaves their account, what is the first thing that happens, you know, and that's really stage one. And that's where you want to, you know, create a great first impression. That's where you want to mitigate buyer's remorse. That's where you want to use a lot of the content that you've used within your sales cycle to reinforce that your customer has made a great decision. You know, so, all those testimonials case studies that you've used previously in your marketing use them as soon as um they, uh use them as soon as somebody has made purchase and then really it's looking at okay well what are the different stages so then it's um we, you've got that then there's usually a a, a waiting period um as i said so sort of that's kind of that buyer's remorse, then the, if you're a, a service-based industry, then there's really that official kickoff call um, or that first meeting, you know, how do you go about making a great experience for that? Are your customers getting the the right email invites? Are they, are, are you having emails that are going out that actually creates hype? You know, like, are they, are they excited? Are there, you know, if you're inviting an, an introvert to a room full of five different people to, to workshop something, are they going to be really um, nervous going into this? So how can you actually soften? How can you look at those needs and, and start to um, put them more at ease before they even enter the, the door on, on day one? So it's it's really looking at what does the business do as that, as that journey? Then it's a case of once you've got started, then there's really that journey in the, where you and the customer are both working to solve the problem. So a great example of this is the difference between, I, I like to say, whenever I got married, I needed three things. I needed a haircut, a suit, and a gym membership to to look my very best. And and the haircut was only 30 minutes. So the process from walking through the door to having my hair cut and my problem solved was only 30 minutes. But my gym membership was six months, you know, right. and that process of you know, how can you motivate somebody to keep working towards their goals to keep solving that problem and looking at what are the different things that you can do to um, you know increase their their desire increase their their likelihood that they're actually going to solve their problem um, at the end of the day so and then really once they've solved their problem that's a whole new stage in their sense of how can you celebrate those results how can you show them that you know this was you had this problem you came to us, to solve this problem by buying this particular product or service, and now your problem has has disappeared or so close to that, you know? And so, um, and that's essentially, and then you kind of then get into the the stages of loyalty and advocacy, sorry, repeat purchase loyalty and advocacy down the line. So it's really looking at what can you do within each of those stages to create a better customer experience? Starting to look at, you know, where can you use video? Where can you use um even gift giving is such an underrated part where um you can just, you know, send a, a gift to your clients out of the blue, doesn't need to be at Christmas time, shouldn't be at Christmas time, actually, and, and start to to build those relationships. Um, so it's really looking at, yeah, breaking that down for for every customer um or every client of ours, and essentially looking at what are those stages, and then really just in its it's um what's going to have the biggest impact um, on those customers right now? There might be some part of a, a customer journey for a business, which is really great. Um, and some that aren't so great. So it's just like, okay, well, let's start with this. That's going to have the biggest impact on the most customers. And that's going to start getting the, the, the return on investment and those quick wins in, um, and then starting to flesh out the customer journey as we go.
0: One thing that, I'm particularly interested in asking you, given the fact that you come from a bit of a marketing background and now you're also doing this, and you mentioned it a couple times in your answer there, and that's the concept of making engaging content for the customer to, that you know, when you, when you send emails to people, they're only as good as the open rate. 100%. You know what I mean? Like if, if someone, you could have the, you, if, if no one's opening your email, it doesn't matter that you sent it. Yep. And whether it's an email or video or in our world with AI chat conversational design there's still some copywriting principles that just need to be brought to the table in order to make effective customer engage effective and engaging copy for customers. Yes. Do you find that customer organizations don't have traditional kind of marketing type talent is it something that maybe we're seeing more team more customer teams bring in that kind of talent is it relying on the marketing function at the company to help them with this stuff where do you see that center of excellence being brought into those customer communications and what is your piece of advice for someone who's getting started with this and wants to set those channels up for success
1: yeah that's a really good question um i i would say what what I'm starting to see is there's there's people that there's companies that do have that marketing ability, but because they're they're focused on traffic and leads, no one no one really is asking those people for for help and and kind of not really just really not seeing it as like oh that's not you know what I actually do. But in actual fact, it's you know an email is an email at the end of the day, and it doesn't matter whether it's in the 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 trying to get market uh, trying to get leads in the door or sales. It's all about getting people to open it and you know and so so the the copywriters and, and the marketers who who have those skills to create engaging content to to create to create a, an email that has a a really strong open rate um 100 sense should be used later on down the customer journey and they should really be the people to um even if they don't I just don't have that sort of background of you know how to deal with support requests or how to to deal with a lot of the, the stuff that the service people are so skilled at. Um, it's it's just utilizing their their knowledge of how can I create something that's that's engaging that somebody's going to open that somebody's going to read. Um, so my my reliance. So yeah, the the people that I use for creating that content are actually copywriters who you know really get most of their business through, for, you know, through, um, marketing and sales. Um, so, uh, so it, it's kind of, you know, this, um, a bit, bit of a breath of fresh air every now and then when I come in, you know, it's just, Oh, this is, this is different. Yeah. So, um, but essentially you're using those people to, to, for, for engagement rather than what their end, um, what their KPIs are really. Right.
0: Yeah. In terms of the technology, that enables customer teams to deliver these types of experiences to their customers. Let's focus on email again, because this is something that, as I said at the top, we don't cover enough on this show, so I really wanna dig into it with yeah. you. Yeah. Are there particular features or aspects of the tools that are often used in this manner that you would advise leaders who are looking, shopping for a solution like this? Is there anything in particular to look for? Is there any particular questions to ask during the demo or during the proposal or shopping process that would be good for our listeners to hear?
1: Yeah, good question. So there's, I would say there's, there's really going back to the, the email automation versus sending a personalized email. So you know, the difference between sending an email that's, fully automated versus me sitting down, writing it to, to my customer, um, uh, you know, either addressing their needs or just out of the blue could be, could be anything. Essentially you, when you're doing personalization and you uh, a personalized email, you still want that to be as fast as possible. You don't want to spend too much time on it. And that's why automation is so appealing because it's, I don't have to spend time on it. So, um, Having features where essentially you've got um, the way to use HubSpot terminology, you've got automated emails, but then you've got sales email templates. And what a sales email template is, is a pre-populated email with even personalization tokens like company name, first name. Um, And whenever I connect up Gmail, for example, I can can type in uh, your email address, Justin, and then essentially I can hit template i can choose the templated email that i i want to want to select and it's just going to pre-populate the in the entire email so it's if, if i wanted to send it right there i could send it right there um, but essentially what i want to do is i want to just read through and maybe add a couple of things which are more relevant to their needs or if they've if there's if it has been a question, making sure that I'm answering that question. Or um HubSpot also has a, a little tool called snippets, which allows you to really answer frequently asked questions. So you you add a snippet into your back end. So all your frequently asked questions, and then you can just basically, while you're typing an email, use something like hashtag um finance and it will pull up like oh this is this is the most frequently asked finance question and that will import the answer into into that email so being able to use tools where you you've got that ability to to be personal to answer correctly and and, and to continue having that one-on-one conversation but be able to do it as fast as possible um, you know, and especially if you are answering the same questions often, or, or giving the same kind of email at a particular stage in the customer journey. So that would be two things um, that I, I'd always really look, look out for. A third one is um, it's, it's probably more in the the sales pipeline, um, but it's a thing called sales template, uh, sales sequencing, which is where uh, if uh, if something, you know, if I'm looking to get information from you, then I can automate a, an automatic follow-up response email. Let's say, just that I'm uh, looking for you to send me um, some feedback to a project that we're we're working on, and if I don't get any reply from you within the next two days, it's going to automatically send a follow-up, um, saying, "Hey, just just moving this to the top of your inbox. Just following up with you so I can uh, get get this." get this project and moving forward. And, um, but again, that's, you know, so being able to have that where it's either automatic or, you know, to a point where you're then the only thing you need to do is input what that person's outcome or desire is. You say, we are working towards, you know, getting you 100 new contacts into your, your portal or whatever it is. So, um, so those would be, those would be, the three things I'd really look out for, which are, you know, where can you have like a fully automated, um, email that comes from multiple different trigger points, um, being able to have personalized emails, templates that you can populate an email and, and change an edit quickly so that you're not spending too much time. And then something to potentially have that sort of automated follow-up response again, that you can, you can tweak and change really quickly. Um, and actually to, to even add a fourth um, where you've got uh, I guess it does fall in that first one, but having those um, automatic responses you know is is really key. If somebody does for like you know support automation podcast, if somebody does, let's say, enter a support ticket that you are actually able to send them an email where telling them when they can expect to apply, you know if it is out of offers office. It's one o'clock in the morning, and, and none of your support reps are online, which they definitely shouldn't be. <laughs> and so, um, and uh, you know, essentially, how you can actually just uh, have a, you know, l- pe- people are very okay to to notice that. i if I don't get this now, that's that's okay. But I, I'd like to know when somebody's going to get back to me. And so, um, yeah, so being able to have those automated prompts, which Fall into the first bracket, but those would be the the three things um, that I feel that most companies like that solves all your your email problems throughout your entire customer journey. I don't think there's anything that really falls outside of that, unless you're using a specific tool. But again, that should link into your your CRM that then sends sends those emails. Right, right.
0: Yeah, it's interesting for me sitting on the vendor side of the whole stack here. And one of the things that we see a lot is oftentimes you have great tools. The connective tissue between those tools is not always great. And sometimes that connective tissue is APIs and and what the software applications can sort of by the laws of physics and their and their code, so to speak, are able to pass back and forth. But another piece of that is the actual cross-team collaboration and some of the the just process management on, hey, if, if the CRM has this, and then the email has this, and then the knowledge base has that, and I've got some citizen automation platform where I've got a if-then rule set up to do whatever. It's It's a big orchestrated business function. Yeah. It's not a simple contained in a simple box sort of deal. No. So my question on this is, as you have gone through this journey with your customers and some of your clients at um, Exemplify, are there any high level process related gotchas that you've seen over and over again that you would recommend a customer success leader stop for just five minutes and think about today that they could go and some change and drive results without it festering and getting worse?
1: Yeah, great. Um, I would say one of the, the best things that you can actually do is, is start to map out holistically, like really high level, what all those automations are doing, have them on one, one big chart, being able to see the entire customer journey in front of you, um, because first of all, for the customer success, that allows you to make decisions. You might be seeing, okay, well, I'm getting so many support requests asking about a particular question. You know, I'm getting the same question over and over and over. Where can I actually be more proactive and answer that question earlier in the customer journey? Um, so you're able to then be able to, to very clearly see, okay, well, if people are getting stuck here, how can I make sure that they um, aren't likely to fall into those pit holes um, earlier in the in the customer journey? So that's that's one thing that that definitely does. The other thing it also allows everybody in the business to be on the same page and be very clear about what the process is. And and, and even if it is just like a very high level flow of your if then's of you know if they do this then they go here and if they do this they go here. Um, doesn't they need to go into the the depth of all the content of that email, it's more like they will get an email about this and that is the height of it. So it allows, um, you know, in any CRM, when you create workflows, for example, you know, we're starting to see so many of the the visual mappings because it's such a, a big problem is actually just getting everybody to understand what happens in those workflows. And usually it's, it's down to one person who knows HubSpot or knows ActiveCampaign or knows MailChimp, who then builds these workflows. And as soon as that person leaves or that person's sick, or, you know, something needs to change. It's like it's completely reliant on those one or two people who, who know what they're doing. And you quite often have, you know, and mostly the CEOs who then have an idea and want this implemented, but don't realize the impact that that has on other workflows or other parts of the customer journey. So that's one of the things that we do is to make sure that, okay, well, we have a very clear visual of what that customer journey is. and However the automation looks within the CRM, within HubSpot especially, um, that can look as complex and as, as messy as it needs to be to get the best results. But at a high level understanding, so that everybody's very clear what happens, that's got to be that's got to be really the, that uh, pixel not pixel perfect, but just that clear clear guide to um, what the customer journey looks like.
0: One of the first things we talk about with prospects who come in and talk to capacity about whatever automation or support function that we're looking to help augment and solve is let's map out the existing process in you know good sort of process mapping type process mapping, yeah. right like little diamonds for decision points and go through the whole thing because oftentimes yeah. what you find is these moments of oh well crap I could fix this part of this by just looking at step three differently here and that doesn't necessarily negate the need for automation by any means but it is going to make the chance of success for that investment you're going to make a hell of a lot higher absolutely and you mentioned the sort of change management and like the the kind of what to do when people leave or when things change and You know, I can't help but see the sun has started to rise behind you. (laughs) So in a kind of appropriate moment here, I want to ask you about the future of automation in support and what you see as some of the exciting stuff on the frontier and maybe what you see as a potential gotcha. But we'd just love to hear your thoughts on the future of support automation.
1: Yeah, great. I I think the the biggest thing that's going to impact going forward is the personalized approach I th- you know i think 2021 2022 has seen um some of the the longest phone calls that people have had to to just you know customer service reps um i've had had two major australian companies that i've had to be on the phone with for for more than all up 9 hours you know um in total which is remarkable that that's even and you know in this is, it's so much. If we can do so much better, um, so I think there's there's going to be an element of people want to be able to to have that personalization, and I, I don't think that means call centers anymore. I think that means being able to to have you know we're using AI to understand okay what do you need? How can I can I help you really quickly by just sending you a blog article and and with those chatbots? I think that that's been fantastic. But I would say that there's getting to that point of actually those customer success people on deck for, for most businesses to, there's just some things that you that AI and, uh, or sorry, not AI that, um, you know, just your chatbots and, you know, pre-populated emails are just not going to be able to solve. So being able to have that human who is there to, um, be more proactive of, of reaching out at different points in the customer journey and be like, hey, how are you going with this? You know, how, you know, is, you know, how are you finding our service support? Being able to gather that insight on a personalized manner to then be able to make really personalized decisions. So um, I think that's something that um, we're starting to see some of the the businesses who are doing that a lot more are having a lot of success because people are then, Building greater relationships with that brand because they're connected to an individual person. Um, so I think that's something that, uh, really, from that customer support, customer success element, that were um, I think a lot of companies when they used to, and even nowadays, even when you you tell somebody, um, and I, I actually stopped telling people that I, you know, I I, I create customer experiences because it's an, in people's mind, it's oh that's a nice to have. You know, it's just like that. That's just making the the very basic process better, but it's more like, eh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't we all love just a better experience in life? Um, when actually, I was like, no, actually, I I help businesses keep more. I I help them increase the like uh, client lifetime value. I help them get more revenue. I help them become more profitable because um, those are the things that come with a customer experience. So, um, so yeah, I would say really that that personalized support having that, that one-on-one person um with with automation um yeah i would, I, th- I think ai is a, a, a huge uh, contributor into it now and and the and the more that um ai is able to to learn about customer needs and customer desires to to be able to to fill fulfill some of those early gaps um i think is is going to be a, a great step in the right direction
0: yeah we're getting into actual personalization, not just yeah. hello first name, right?
1: Hello first name who works at company. X, company. Yeah. And that's it. You know, that's you know anytime I don't know if you do you get much LinkedIn, you know, people who connect with you on LinkedIn and then All
0: the time.
1: <laughs> Hey Ed Frame from Exemplify. Like, oh that they must have done their research.
0: <laughs> my email inbox and my LinkedIn inbox is overrun with yeah, and I'm not going to ever fault an SDR for doing their job but I get a lot of cold email. Yeah. Ed, this has been a fantastic conversation and I could talk to you all day. Um, Absolutely. In the five minutes that we have left I would love to do our world famous support automation show quickfire round. So okay. first thing that comes to mind as I ask the question what's the book you most often recommend to people?
1: Cool. Can I recommend two? Of course. Great. So Built, uh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, I think that's a fantastic book for being able to just really understand what your customers need. It actually is more of a marketing book, but I actually think it, it really has a, a huge impact on what your customers need, what they're looking for, how you can solve them, and use that for a lot in your your customer experience and your 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 post sale experience. The second one is. Uh, really great title actually it's called how to never lose a customer again and it's written by joey coleman um and essentially he breaks down a um basically an, an eight phase funnel of the po- what customers go through from marketing through to to brand advocacy and he talks about how you can implement this into your business in 100 days and essentially that at exemplify we take a lot of of that you know a lot of of that Blueprint. And really, it's a, a, a bit of a mix up between that and, and uh, building a story brand of how can you continue solving the problems better for your customers through the, the post seal customer experience. So, um, those would be the two places I, I highly recommend getting started um, if for, for a post seal experience.
0: What's the best time saving productivity hack, productivity tip, trick? Call it what you want. What's the best? productivity practice that you most often recommend to people?
1: Oh, good. Um, you know what? I'm actually going to... We talked about it earlier on. Being able to template up personalized emails um, is actually such a... It saves so much time um, because you don't want to lose that, that one-to-one list, but you also... There might be a, a structure or a framework that you know works really well. Um, and it's a bit like with with sales, if, you know... With with many businesses, sometimes you just want to replicate your best sales rep. Well, one of the best ways you can do that is look at well, what emails does your best sales rep send, and what emails, what how do they structure them, how how are they written, um, and being able to then create a framework and a template that actually other people can follow. So, I've definitely found that that using that has has really helped me. I also create a lot of vineyard videos or loom videos for, for people who use loom um but essentially rather than having to write a couple of paragraphs trying to explain something and articulate into words when actually i can just show you a 2 bit video show you everything and essentially also mitigate any questions that you might ask um up ahead so so that would be something where might not be the time saver, but I feel like it does save me time in the long run by mitigating other questions that, that somebody is, I know that they're going to ask if I was just to write a couple of lines about something.
0: Right. If you could recommend one website, blog, Slack community, LinkedIn group, etc., cetera, for uh, customer support and c- customer success leaders, what would it be? I'm teeing you up for a plug here. Oh,
1: great. <laughs> Okay, actually, a great LinkedIn group is called Suff- uh, Customer Experience Excellence, and there's about 90,000 people. Are you in that group, Justin?
0: I am not.
1: Ah, get into it. So it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot of people just really sharing a lot of different things, whether it be about email automation, whether it be about customer support, whether it be about, you know, customer success, customer service, um, how to get the most out of that. I often find there's there's a lot of nuggets of gold in that when I log on to LinkedIn each morning. So that would be a group that I highly recommend getting a part of. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are looking to to mentor people within the, the customer service space. So, um, you know, I, I highly recommend, recommend that group. Um, but at, at Exemplify, we have um, some great content. Um, we've got um, a... a churn calculator where you're able to, to calculate your, your churn rates and actually look at, okay, well, if I, what can a 2 a or 3% in decrease in my churn rate actually save my company over 12, 24, or 36 months? Um, and it's amazing the impact that you can have by just having a, a, a customer who doesn't leave and how much revenue that actually makes uh, over the course of, of a long time. Um, and then we've also got our, our uh, seven steps to customer longevity, which really goes through those seven phases that we go through with clients to um, look at creating a, a better customer experience and, and really what every customer goes through at some point uh, through, through a post
0: purchase cycle. So, um, yeah. Very cool. I have enjoyed our conversation tremendously. And too. like I said, I could chat with you all day. Yep. But to land the plane here, First off, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. Where can people find out more about you, more about Exemplify? Where where can people find you on the internet? Great. So my
1: website our website is exemplify.com.au. So we are based in Australia. So it is .com.au for anyone who's listening outside of that. Um, but I'm also very active on LinkedIn. I, I try and post on the daily. Um, so... Um, will happily connect with with anyone and everyone um if you send me cold emails don't <laughs> so um as uh, as justin and here's too but uh i'm very happy to connect with everyone and everyone um and uh, yeah um strike up a conversation and um yeah have, have
0: virtual coffees all over the time awesome well ed thank you so much for your time this morning and thank you for coming on the support automation show and you have a wonderful day
1: you do. All the very best, Justin. Thank you for having me.
0: Cheers. The Support Automation Show is brought to you by Capacity. Visit capacity.com to find everything you need for automating support and business processes in one powerful platform. You can find this show by searching for Support Automation in your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Capacity, thanks for listening.